Welcome to the MedMan Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bedman Podcast. We're excited to welcome Jay Holmes back, and we're going to be talking about financial controls this time. Last episode, Jay spoke to us about month-end close and why it's important to have in place to make sure that we know that we're operating with a full deck. This time, with financial controls, Jay, I'm going to let you take it from here. Explain to us why are financial controls so important, and maybe give us a couple examples of what they might be. Jesse, you bet, man. And again, good to be here. Good to be talking about financial controls. You know, how I look at it, controls in general, controls and processes, the stronger they are, the less energy we need for oversight, less frequent we need to do things, right? And I think that's the whole point, is if we can really build a system that we can trust because we have the proper steps, the proper steps are followed, then and more understood, then there needs to be less management of the process. And by, by all means, it doesn't mean that financial controls are, you know, set it and forget it. That's not, not necessarily what I'm saying here. But we can ensure a better level of confidence in what we do if our controls are consistent and put together well. And so when we think about that in financial controls, it's really about, you know, how can we ensure, one, that everything's protected, our assets are, are, you know, there's no leakage, there's no waste, there's no, and really what we're talking about is fraud and embezzlement and things like that. Right. And that's one part of it. Another part is, you know, are we getting the consistency in reporting and understanding of what's really going on? And so financial controls really help both of those sides. One is, you think about financial controls, you think about, oh, is, you know, patient receipts getting written off and put in a front desk person's pocket. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. But also it's part of it that, that you think about that the other side of it is that is the reporting accurate and all the inputs coming in to really generate quality data coming out. So there's really two sides to that financial controls. That makes sense. You know, you touched on embezzlement, fraud. What kind of fraud and embezzlement happens out there? Do you have any statistics on that as far as medical practices go? Jesse, this is a really touchy subject. And unfortunately, you know, stats are 50, 60% of practices experience some type of fraud or embezzlement. And, you know, I, I think it just depends on the study or whatever you're looking at. But, you know, that's $100,000 to $200,000 a pop that Ooh. go unnoticed over time. And this isn't, you know, one check that's written or one, some cash that's pulled out. I mean, we're talking about years here that build up then to finally notice it. And it's a challenge, and we can talk about this later, but it's really a challenge to detect it if you don't have the proper control set up, because it's about trust. And if you're leaning on someone that's ultimately is doing something like this, you have the trust in them. And of course, they're never going to be outright say, this is what I'm doing. So it really creates an odd dynamic. And so, you know, you fall back right. to your controls to hope to at least allow you to identify, you know, what's going on. You know, we always talk about trust in our teams, and I think that there's a perverted understanding of trust sometimes in that you're like, well, no, I, my people wouldn't do that. Or no, I don't, you know, I don't really want to be looking over their shoulder all the time because I want them to know I trust them, but that's not necessarily trust. And and I think that what they're afraid of is getting to the point of being cynical and they don't trust anybody and they're micromanaging everything. And that's not where you want to be either, but there's a place here where financial controls play a role so that you can trust and you build trust in one another. That's that's the whole point of, of putting these kinds of things in place. There can be a perversion on either side of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think at some point it's it's almost a relief, right? Like, so I think for most, and, and I think what happens most of the time, right? There's like this, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but you know, there's this kind of triad of things that need to happen for fraud to occur, you know, and, and it's, you know, opportunity is one of them, but, but I think there's this motivation, right? Like, so you Our have opportunity, a really great... justification and need or something. I think need. I can't yeah. Remember, yeah. Can't absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And justification is there. Good people do crummy things sometimes because they can figure out in their head how it's okay. So that's part of the the fraud triangle, right? Absolutely. And an opportunity you can always, that's what the controls are working on, right? So really reduce that opportunity. But people, you know, throughout their lives are going to run into hard places, hard situations to work through. And, and if the opportunity is there, you know, then, then all of a sudden, you know, there's a pathway that creates that. And so, you know, you back up and you say, okay, well, sure, you can approach this issue with, I'm coming in and, and I'm going to really not trust anyone and push everyone down. But I don't think that's the right approach. It's really saying, yeah. I want to relieve so, everybody. So they don't have to worry about ever getting looked at like you're doing this or you're doing that, right? You're saying, hey, right. we're all following these controls. So we can remove that more because we have these controls in place. And I think that's an interesting approach and certainly one that leads to more success. I have personally seen that in my experience of putting a control in place, maybe up at the front desk and a receptionist being like, oh, good. Because I, you know, it stresses me out that I just have all this cash here and you guys expect that I have it right or not right. Because I'm, I'm always afraid that something's not going to be right and people are going to think I'm doing something shady. That's been a real experience of mine, seeing the relief in a receptionist's face when we put something in place like that. Totally. Yep. Can you give me a couple more examples, Jay, of, of what kind of financial controls you might be talking about? Certainly. One of the kind of bigger categories here is kind of the segregation of duties. And that's a, a lot of embezzlement or fraud when we're looking at that and is really around certain people doing too many things. And so without right. the oversight or without the, the cross-pollination of someone else doing it, that creates more opportunity for hiding things. And a lot of this stuff too is really, it's spread out over time. So separating the duties between different people and even promoting vacation or promoting cross-training and every once in a while putting someone in, in a specific role for maybe a month or a couple of weeks that just shift things a little bit. Those are right. the types of things that really bring to light. Well, one, that can really highlight certain errors or certain fraudulent activities. But if none are occurring and that type of environment is in place, that's a huge deterrent for people because oftentimes fraud doesn't happen with multiple people. It's usually one person kind of acting, right. you know, solo. And so when you bring in and you really separate in the amount of things that one person can do, that makes a huge difference. So really, you know, we look at the segregation of duties. So you think about the um, revenue side of things and dollars coming in and out. You know, you think about is someone opening the mail and so a different person posting payments to the billing system? And then is someone else depositing to the bank? And then you got to look at the write-offs and adjustments. And is someone else looking at that? And it could be a committee, it could be a team. And then ultimately, then someone's reconciling to the bank account. And, you know, just those are the types of things we look at from the revenue cycle side that, hey, you know, we need to separate these different duties. And oftentimes, smaller practices are challenged because there might be two people that we can choose from. And in those circumstances, what we want to do is we want to bring in the owner. We want right, to say, hey, right. you know, the owner needs to have one or two of these roles so this we can break a role. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because that's really the only way to ensure it. And oftentimes what we do is we say, hey, I trust this person enough. I'm going to go give him or her this extra duty or that one. And then all of a sudden, you know, one person might have three of those steps, which makes it really easy to, to manipulate things. And, you know, a smaller practice, a lot more pressure not to take vacation. There's not much turnover. Right. And all of a sudden you got someone sitting in the seat for five years without much interruption. And that's a dangerous situation, you know, right. as, as far as because you're building confidence over time. Then you get to the point why, you know, why me? And back in the public accounting days, you know, there's, we've ran into this, not often, but enough. And, you know, we got looked at like, how dare you accuse my bookkeeper or my office manager of that? Right. You know, how dare you? Because that's, that's my guy or that's my gal. How could you do that? Come to find out, you know, $300,000 later that they actually did take that money, you know, but the bond is so strong that it's so hard to see when you're in it. And so you don't want to let, you don't want to let your, your emotion and your relationship get in the way of the transparency and what's going on in your business. That makes total sense. Jay, help me understand one, where do you start to put financial controls in place? Where do we even begin? And two, how do you let it not be a runaway train that just creates a lot of extra work? Good question, because you know it certainly can become a lot of extra work. I always start with process mapping. And so the first thing to do is really, you know, map a couple different functions you have. And you really just, you know, walk through where someone can, how different methods that you can get paid, right? Walk through that and map that out. Okay, so this person comes in, there's a copay and there's, that gets billed to insurance and then all these different things and there's adjustment here. Walk through all that and then map it out who touches it, when and how, and really those processes that are involved. And then the same thing with expenses, right? Map out that process. How do things get paid? Is it credit card? Is it check? Then what you have is, hey, this is what we really have now. And then you can get some help to say, you know, or read some stuff, certainly what's best practice, right? Where should the segregation of duties be? Where should we have this certain threshold? Anything over a thousand bucks or $1,500 should require two check signers. You know, where are the checks kept? How to have access? Is anyone looking at that didn't prepare the financials? Is anyone looking at what's being spent just to match it? Do you have a vendor list that's approved? Because that's another big leakage point is making up a vendor that sounds like something that you you know usually pay, but it turns out to be an employee's company that they created. Some of the bigger you know fraud schemes out there involve that. So so anyways, there's lots of stuff, but really create the map, see where you're on now. And then you can compare that and then you can really analyze that for some for some gaps. And then of course it's you don't have to jump in. The goal is to get better. It's not to get perfect. Right. Because you'll never get perfect. So then it's saying, okay, assess where you are and you got maybe, you know, these two, three items that you want to work on to, to build up strength. Build up some strength. You don't have to go head first and do it all. And then over time you can add another section or another, you know, initiative. And soon enough, you're gonna have created a lot more confidence and a lot better controls. And that's the goal. It's just to keep it up and get finally get to a place where you're feeling pretty good. Absolutely. That makes total sense. Thank you, Jay. Listeners, financial controls are put in place to either catch fraud at the worst or at best, help your team feel a little bit safer in their positions, feel a little bit better trusted. It's not fair to put anything on somebody on your team that might put them in a place of being accused of doing something wrong. These financial controls are extremely important and they're not, they don't need to be extra work. They don't need to be a ton of micromanagement. Like Jay said, start with a process map. 
just sit down and draw out exactly how a simple process goes and start to insert little things in there that can help make sure that things are are on the up and up. The biggest of which is the segregation of duties. Getting a, a couple of extra hands or extra eyes on the process can alleviate any sort of stress that might come from a single person going through it on their own. Jay, thanks again for being here and uh, this week sharing your thoughts on month-end close and financial controls. We really appreciate it. Jesse, happy to, and, and thanks for having me. And listeners, before you get too far, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all the newest content coming from MedMan. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the MedMan podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.